Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a What a Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. You join us today as Spurs have just lost at the weekend to Man United. They're one of three games we played on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and I'm joined today by Jude Summerfield, first and foremost. Judy, it felt like at, at 5.30, I was ready for, I was re- genuinely quite excited. Were you? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oddly optimistic for the whole experience. And um, I tried to not buy into the whole, oh, it's Spurs, you know, they'll find a way to muck it up. But came back to bite us all. Yeah, I know what you mean. You, you, you want to go into those and be super, super optimistic, and then uh, you find yourself what well, as soon as we, uh, as soon as you get to the full time whistle, just being like stupid me, stupid <laughs> me for getting so excited. Um, and we also have, I tell you what, what a huge call up this is. Tommy Milanese, first cap on a what a night. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure. To be here, <laughs> and it's a pleasure to talk about Spurs after well, no, an awful some, defeat. Bringing some much needed culture in here as well. Well, like, hyping up a bit much, aren't they? But, no, no, yeah. no. But look, honestly, we're we're a ragtag bunch. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Shawnee Shawnee usually brings like what what would you say? Shawnee Shawnee's key defining attribute when we talk about Spurs is he always just as Jude was prepared not well not prepared at five thirty on Saturday night to be like oh. Spurs are going to Spurs. Sean will undeniably always suggest that Spurs are going to Spurs. So that's one thing. Yeah. Um, I'd say Dan Kilpatrick is probably, he's a little bit more the, the upper echelon of, of, of us. He's, he's a little bit more of a classy bird. Hunter Godson's in the Dominican Republic at the moment. So he's sunning himself. So you're left with Tommy Milanese for the culture and then Jude Summerfield to try and make sense of what was just, it was just madness, wasn't it, Jude? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, it's it's annoying because you don't want to just play it down to a Ronaldo doing a Ronaldo, but it did feel very much like that at the end um, in a game where Spurs had plenty of good opportunities to to do well and found space and and all of that. But yeah, I'm sure we'll dig into it a little more. But a very frustrating one, and what with a few results going against Spurs at the weekend, it's um it's been a bit of a wretched one. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'll throw this out there. I am I am not going to take any sort of um, take anything away from West Ham because it was lovely to see Yarmolenko scoring. I'm so um, far as I'm concerned, that's one we just uh, just one we let go. Um, but it's really frustrating to see Arsenal playing so well, and it's really frustrating to know that we lost a bit of ground on um, on. Uh, bloody wolves as well that's incredibly frustrating Mm. Um, at Southampton uh, back to back they were just they were just awful two games that we could have got so much more out of it and now we'll be sitting for you know much closer to Arsenal Um, huge shame but just like yesterday as well stronger position but how do we not you know get anything out of that 
Jesus. It definitely, definitely after we wrestled back, the, 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 the two times we went behind, wrestled it back, both times you were like, do you know what? Yeah, it had, shade, it had yeah. shades mm-hmm. of the Southampton game, didn't it? Remember the Southampton game? We finally wrestled the game back and you were like, right, okay. That was a bit of a slog, but we've done it now. Go and win the game. And uh, still, I don't know, what do you put it down to, Jude? This kind of fragility there. Yeah, it's frustrating because I, I, I thought if one team was going to go on and win it, at 2-2, it would have been Spurs, just down to United's. Um, they, they flag a lot at the end of the games, or they have done in recent, over like the past few months or so. And um, I thought maybe they just they just tire a little bit and Spurs could come into it a bit more. But it's um, it, it's frustrating with uh, players not picking up opposition from from corners and you know they're not being i mean i think we can argue about who should have been tracking ronaldo for that oh let's argue about it let's Um, argue about it (laughs) i don't think i've got quite a clear so jude's i feel like we've lost jude for a second there but jude just said he doesn't feel like he's got a clear i think he was going to go with image in his mind of who was doing what but I can assure you that Tommy and I have broken this one down in minute detail, which we'll yeah, go if you go on YouTube and you put the speed of 0.25, <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm not joking. We, we, dude, we literally did it this morning. We sat there and went through frame by frame by frame to work out what earth went on. So we'll get into all of that um, in a bit. Let's, let's do it as we always do, good, bad, ugly, beautiful. So we'll start with the good bits because... We try and have some optimism. We've got to bear in mind that we've got a game in midweek away at Brighton, so we need to try and keep an element of optimism in that. And I think, Jude, it would be fair to say that in the most part, I felt like Spurs were the better side. I didn't feel like either side was brilliant, but Spurs were the better side of the two. Yeah, um, we saw more of the more of the ball, I think, than we usually do. Um, I thought Hoybier and Ben Tanker were excellent in the middle of the park. Um I thought we found space out wide on a few occasions. Uh, well, plenty of occasions it just lacked that final ball from Matt Doherty and Sergio Regulon. Um, I thought Kulisewski was really, really good again. Um, he's he's proven to be that excellent foil with Son and Kane. Um, I'm sort of almost startled by how good he is, really, and I think he's going to have a have a big say in uh, how Spurs do finish this this season. And um, it, it felt like they were always in the game. And <clears throat> the, in terms of just mental fragility, that, that, that's the annoying thing. You see an absolute screamer go in quite early on and you just think, well, are the Spurs going to crumble here? But no, they, they managed to wrestle their way back into the game. You know, the goals we scored weren't, you know, textbook Conte goals. You know, we got one from a penalty and then... Um, yeah. Have I gone again? No. Oh, um, got you back, got you. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there, there are definite positives. It's just it's just that the game was there for Spurs to win and they, they didn't see it out, which I suppose isn't anything new. <laughs> We've yeah, seen it time gosh, and time and again. But that I I had a chat with someone, Tommy, after after the game and they were like, Are you all right, mate? And I mean, everything obviously inside me wanted to just scream, no, I'm not bloody no. all right. No, but, but at the same time, if you've watched Spurs as long as we've watched Spurs, going away to Old Trafford and losing, it's not like that's a one-off. Like that has happened to us in the past. It just this time around hurts a little bit more because I feel like this Man United side are nowhere near where they were. 
No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been a few games in Man United haven't been brilliant and then somehow they kind of get away with it. And, you know, they're, they're bringing points in while Spurs, on the other hand, there's, there's a few games that maybe they play well and they create chances. We don't take them and then we pay for it. Um, it's, it it's, it's a recurring team that I've seen, I've seen loads of games this season. Uh, we play well and then we don't take chances and then individual mistakes or, or other, other, you know, moments of the game, which it just slips away. And from there, we just can't come back from it. Yes, we did. We come back from it. And like you guys said, I also expect the Spurs on the 2-2 that we were going to win it. Everyone was like, come on, let's go win it now. And I think that's what was in the mind of the players. And, and we happened to see from a corner, which is something that we hugely need to work on because it's been a huge issue for the whole, for the whole season. I was telling you earlier, even with Middlesbrough, which I mean wasn't wasn't exactly the greatest game of the season, and we we, we managed to to lose for another kind of goal. But there was two corners where um, with the, our defender, I don't remember I don't remember who it was in that occasion, but completely forgot to mark someone, and there was a free header, and both times um, it, 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 yeah, it wasn't scored. But uh, it happened so many times, and it, it it's re- it was really what killed us yesterday. I mean. If um, if if we didn't go in that corner, who knows? We could have won it with the momentum that we had from two two, but didn't go that way. So um, let's uh, let's move on to the the bad bits then, and we're going to break down the the three goals because this is sort of getting a little bit samey now. I don't know whether you guys are, are starting to sense this, but I think we've got a real real issue when it comes to crosses that we need to, yeah. to fix up mm-hmm. with. That, that I, I'm not sure where this, is, where this has sort of reared its head from, but in the, uh, in the Burnley game, the Ben Mee goal absolutely pains me when I, um, when I watch that back. Also, the two goals that Southampton scored from crosses from James Ward-Prowse. So, so frustrating as well. I mean, you only have to go back as well and look at Thiago Silva scoring his goal. Um, We also had Chelsea scoring Antonio Rudiger in the second leg of the uh, League Cup at home, which kind of killed the tie. Um, Like, There's so many. uh, You could go go on and on and on. But the thing is that it's always, if you look at his goals, it's not the same defender. I think with um, Southampton was Emerson. Uh, yesterday was, well, Doherty, Romero. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. I feel like every time, I think it was Sanchez with Chelsea. So every time is a different player. So you can't say, had a bit of a struggle as Jaffa, well, didn't yeah. he, against Chelsea? Yeah. So you can't say it's one player that is, is just lacking, you know, the defending crosses and corners. It looked like it's a wider, wider issue, and the whole team doesn't really but doesn't really know what to do. Do you know what's weird, though, Tommy? Is I'm, I don't know about you guys, but did either of you see the um, the Arsenal Leicester game yesterday? Yeah, I don't feel like we have this kind of deep rooted issue in the same way that Leicester do. Do you know what I mean? Like Leicester, it feels like Leicester every time a corner is given against them, they're going to concede, and I don't necessarily feel that way against Spurs. I don't feel like we're we're absolutely woeful from set pieces, but it's definitely starting to creep in, Jude, isn't it? It's starting just to become a thing where you sort of... I I, I definitely get once once someone makes a block and the ball goes out for a corner, I think it was Regulon who kind of ran across and yeah. flicked the ball out for a corner mm-hmm. and I was like, oh... Yeah, 100% you know? the same. Yeah. It was like, this is a Ronaldo hat-trick written all over. 
Yeah, you just start getting a little a little fidgety at that point, don't you? Because the game's the, yeah, <laughs> the game's set up for a, for a grandstand finish, and yeah, it's it's just it's just frustrating. I mean, who have you got in the Spurs team? You've got Eric Dyer and Christian Romero, and you'd say obviously your centre backs there. They're the two big boys that you think right. They'll go and attack the ball. They'll they'll clear it. But aside from that, I mean, Harry Kane comes back on the on the front post and he does his thing most games. Um, doesn't he? But aside from that, we don't have that many physically imposing players to, to deal problem, with that pieces. Hoybier, Bentenker aren't—they're not—they're not good in the air either. Big, no. Sort of imposing CMs, are they? Yeah, and you contrast that with maybe the Spurs team from six or seven years ago when you had Alvaro, Vertonghen, Walker's good in the air, Dyer was playing centre mid, Wanyama, Kane. Those are all like we didn't have any problems from from corners at that point, so. Yeah, it's 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 a frustrating one, and, and hopefully that can be an area that is addressed at some point. But I'm just having a little look at the, the Ronaldo goal now, and is there a third it's, one? Yeah, it's sort of it's it's. Oh, we've lost Jude again, but Tommy, jump in. Where do, where Jude was sort of saying about the, that third Ronaldo goal? Go on. Well, if you look at the frame, um, there's a there's a great angle from from the Sky Sports um, highlights. If there's an angle from behind, you can see the position of everyone. And there is a number of issues that um, being one being the biggest one being Romero is, is marking two men, which are Ronaldo and Varane, which arguably they're the two um, biggest threats on the corner for my United. Uh, so then he's marking two players. And then when Varane uh, makes a run on the first pose, Romero is, in, is unsure what to do and he kind of follows Varane in. And, and that means that Ronaldo is on his own. Uh, Doherty tries to cover for him. And it, I mean, I don't want to dig in because he's, he's been much better in the last few games, but it doesn't really... I know it's, it's difficult to defend against Ronaldo. I mean, it's easy to speak from here, but it doesn't really leave the ground. It just kind of gets in front of him. Um, and for Ronaldo, it's just easy. And if you go back again, you can see at the beginning of the corner, there are three men, which are Hoybjerg, uh, Dyer, and Davies. They are marking two, which Dyer is not really marking anyone. It kind of goes on Maguire. I mean, it's, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a number of issues there. Um, that just things that didn't go right, but the, the main one for me was Romero that was marking two men, and again, it gets drawn out by one, and then Ronaldo basically is on his own. When you're Tommy, are you when you're saying sort of Romero gets caught out, are you saying that it's not Romero's fault that he gets caught out because he's left with the two on one situation, or are you, yeah, that's my opinion. Would... I think, I think it shouldn't be, he is obviously a great defender and he's been good in the air. Although he's not the tallest defender, but he's, he's still been good in the air. But he's literally covering the two biggest threats for my United at the same time. Um, and I don't know, it's because maybe Doherty was supposed to follow Ronaldo and he didn't. I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's easy to speak on on slow motions. You, you, you don't know whose whose role was what, but that that's the situation is before the ball leaves the corner, Romero has two men and he got drawn out by one, and then Ronaldo's on his own. So so yeah. Romero gets, gets sort of dragged by Varane to the front post, doesn't he? And there's Man United seem to get that little break in that in that pack that they've got on, on the penalty spot that just allows Ronaldo to get free. And maybe there's some fatigue at the end there and that just allows Ronaldo that space and nobody picks him up properly. But yeah, at that stage of the game, it's a bit criminal, isn't it? Yeah, it's tough as well. I, I think if we just take a look at the other two goals, the reason why it's difficult to stomach is because I feel like all of the goals are avoidable. 
Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like with the with the first goal, you see Bantanka kind of gets dragged into a a position that he doesn't want to be in, primarily because we haven't done a good enough job of of leveling up in the middle of the park. And you see Fred is able to flick the ball around the corner, and then Ronaldo gets a shot away from sort of thirty yards without anyone really getting near enough to him. And then, I mean, I'm a huge Sergio Regulon fan. Like, I, I really think he's got a very, very high ceiling. But that, like, I mean, I, I'm, when they do the video session and watch it back um, today, if they, if they do it today, maybe, maybe tomorrow. But when they watch that back, you can imagine there'll be a moment where Antonio Conte will pause the video and then go, right then. <laughs> and then you'll see the line. <laughs> Sergio Regulon standing a yard behind everyone else and playing... And Ronaldo won, and then unable to catch him back up as well. And it, I know that seems really unfair to be kind of saying you've, you, you're sort of being out of the line has, has cost us. But that's what you're talking about in games like that, right, Jude? In that when the two sides are not able to so easily kind of live up to the philosophies or live up to the styles of play that their manager wants them to play with, it's going to come down to individual moments and who gets it right at the key times. And we just seem to get it wrong at three really, really key moments. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in a game of um, such importance where they could have, well, at least closed the gap a little bit on that on that top four, it's, um, it's, it's majorly frustrating that they weren't able to carry out that, that game plan that they might have hoped um, to do. And especially after the Everton game where Conte was quite clear about wanting to see some consistency in his quotes afterwards saying, right, okay, it's all very well, you know. Well, I didn't, he didn't say this, but smashing Everton five 0 we'd sort of know what Everton are about at the moment, and they can't um, really defend anything. Um, and just to not have that sort of grit to to sort of close up a few channels where balls are coming through, like for that like for that second Ronaldo one, um, where San, I think it's Sancho who just gets clear from like a ball over the top. It's yeah, you just just need to see. A bit more, you know, resolute defending there. Um, but yeah, majorly, majorly frustrating. Okay, right. Uh, let's go on to the ugly bit. So the the I, I don't want to focus too much on the on the game itself because I mean we could do this all day, kind of picking apart the bones of that one. I do want to talk about our current run of games. So let me just run you through what we've done over the course of the kind of last seven or eight fixtures. So Antonio Conte sort of spoken a little bit about Spurs' inconsistency. So 9th of Jan, Spurs, actually, let's start even before that. We beat Watford 1-0 uh, in, uh, in January. That's the 1st of Jan. We then lose to Chelsea 2-0. We then beat Morecambe 3-1. We then lose to Chelsea 1-0. We then beat Leicester 3-2. We then lose to Chelsea 2-0. We beat Brighton, then lose to Southampton and Wolves. We beat City, then lose to Burnley. We beat Leeds, then lose to Middlesbrough. We beat Everton, then lose to United. Where is this inconsistency coming from, Tommy, do you think? I think that, I don't want to sound too negative here, right? But although we had some very convincing wins in here, um, there, there was there was a few that you would say, right, this is a flawless performance. And I think probably Everton was one of them. Um, I don't know how much you play that they're they're really struggling, but um I can see in this in, in this run of games, there's a few that we won, but again we weren't perfect and we conceded some 
we gave we gave chances for opposition to to score maybe an extra one maybe again another corner not well defended but a chance not taken by um, by you know by the, the opponents uh, and another thing for me is that we create quite a lot of chances in basically every game in the last couple of months. Um, but we do miss a lot of them. Um, I think we're, we're missing something there as well. Um, and in a, in a game like Everton, where we have loads, we just score loads, everything is great. But in another game where we have maybe three, four chances the first half, we hit them and then we pay for it. So I think there are a lot of issues in, in this team, um, whether they're both individual mistakes or you know team, team-wide things. Um, and in this, these kind of issues that are seen even in games that we win. Um, so, yeah, in my opinion, don't want to sound too negative, but there are loads of issues that are seen even when we win. Go on, Judy, mm. what do you think? Yeah, um, um, Spurs, are, Spurs are usually very good against teams who come out and play, especially in that Everton game, um, where they were playing such a high line and it was easy for Kane to run free, Son to run free. Um Chances were plenty, and once like the third went in, there wasn't uh, there was no jeopardy of the the result being in doubt. Um, and I don't think United were particularly like stout defensively, or they had a, a game plan where they were like, "We're just going to sit in and you try and break us down," which is what Southampton and Wolves did to really good effect. Um, so yeah, it's 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 weird, but. With the games that they've got coming up, Spurs, they, I, I genuinely think, into, I think the Arsenal game still got to be rearranged. But against a lot of those teams, so like Brighton, West Ham, they've got Villa as well, um, like Brentford, these sort of teams, they're all sides who are going to try and come out and attack Spurs, which hopefully will will play into their hands and and hopefully they can get some points towards the end of the season. Spurs don't have a, a scheduled game against the top six side until May, I think. Obviously, the Arsenal game's got to be rearranged, but I think early May they go, they go to Liverpool, which is their third last game of the season. Um, so if they can get a little run going towards the end of the season and be in with a shout there, It's Spurs are pretty much... They're sort of out of top four contention, really. I know that sounds odd to say, Well, I I know Sean said it the other day and I was sort of a little bit like, you you never know. And to be fair, if Spurs go to um, Brighton and win on Wednesday and then Arsenal lose to Liverpool, um, the gap is is back down to put a run together. Um, Aside from maybe Arsenal, who look very good at the moment, but... But yeah, I mean, hopefully they can they can put things right against Brighton on Wednesday because um, they're in a horrible run of form themselves. They are five on the bounce, and people are even starting to turn on, um, you know, Spurs manager elect Graham Potter. So. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Well, it does it does feel um, it does feel a little bit uh, it does feel a little bit wrong to be going into the beautiful bits in a game that we lost three two like that. Having said that. Um, Think we just need to take a moment for once again Harry Kane's penalty taken, like just stepping up and just spanking these penalties in. Like we've there's no chance. De Gea goes the right way; he hasn't got a chance. Absolutely you just know every time he steps in, you literally have no, have no doubts 
he makes penalties unsavable. So even if the keeper guessed the right way, which the hair did, the Legion know they're just too powerful and too precise. It's it's is my opinion is the best penalty taker in the world at the moment, and it's been for a while. Yeah, mm. the only I, I did a little um, a little bit of research into this, just into like in terms of Harry Kane's missed penalties. Um, obviously missed one. Okay, it's Denmark, but then scored it. And then in terms of going back, his Premier League record is absolutely incredible. He really hasn't missed that many. And the last kind of notable one that he missed was actually against West Ham. And then he scored on the rebound from that as well. So like mm-hmm. he, he very, very rarely misses an important penalty. I mean, we can go back and talk about the Liverpool one, but then he got another one sort of straight after, and that was in the 2-2 with the Wanyama uh, goal. Oh, yeah. But uh, he he made up for it within within five minutes or whatever it was. He's just so so unerringly consistent, and it's uh, it's actually a bit of a gift, really, to have a taker that's that good in your side that you can pretty much rely on. As soon as the penalty gets given, there's no messing around. You know exactly who's taking it, and there are so many sides in the league that over the course of this season and last season and, and even recent history have these little like difficult decisions to make and people who, who sort of tangle over the ball and stuff. I suppose it's just not even a discussion, which is just lovely. Like you just know, right, penalty given, Harry Kane's going to take it. And that is, uh, you cannot sort of, I, I can't stress highly enough how important that is. Because even yesterday with with Arsenal, when their penalty was given uh, against Leicester and sort of Lacazette picked up the ball, even though Lacazette scored, there was a little bit of, oh, should he be taking this? Hasn't scored in 10 games. Should he be, should he be near this one? Like, it, it's so, so crucial to have a, a player like that. Uh, and we're, we're enormously lucky. Yet another reason that we're enormously lucky to have Harry Kane. Just quickly to finish up, gents, um, looking ahead to Brighton on Wednesday. How are you feeling about this one, Tommy? Where is it won and lost? I think it's going to be a, a very difficult game. Um, Brighton, of course, are not in a great form, but they're not scared of coming out and, uh, and attack you. Um, but that could actually play in our favour in a way because we've, like Jude said, we're kind of better in a way when a, when a team attacks us and we can kind of, um, yeah, you know, attack with, with counter-attacks and, and, you know, using Kane, dropping deep and Sonny and all that. So I think it will be very difficult, but I mean... Um, I feel fairly, fairly, fairly positive. If I have to, you know, if I have to move the middle one side to the other, I think <laughs> that could be the key of the game. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully we, we come up with three points there. Mm. Yeah, I was at um, I was at Brighton, and yeah, that, it's an odd stadium at the moment because there's plenty of excitement, etc., as there always is at the start of a game. But if they ever go a goal behind, things get pretty, they get pretty volatile pretty quickly because Brighton's play just sort of dissipates and they don't, they can't get any rhythm to it and um so I, I i'd say the first goal will be pretty massive if, if spurs can get an early one um then that will be that'll be imperative to the result i think and seeing as brighton just they have they have an odd thing where they're, they're really not keen on shooting in good positions and when they do they 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 somehow manage to stick it in rose ed from the penalty spot like trossard did against brighton um, so it should be a good game. I think Brighton, Spurs have some a, a decent-ish record at Brighton. I think they've won, well, actually, no, thinking about it, they've lost a couple there and drawn one. And when they did win, it was that 2-1, wasn't it, where I remember they conceded there was a really, and almost... 
there was a really good Kane game, wasn't there? Was it a three-one win? But we had the one where we lost, which was when it sort of felt like everything was ending on the porch. And mm-hmm. we did we have a one-nil defeat there as well. We had a one-nil defeat. Night. Night. Yeah, last season I think it was, um, which was one of the more bleak <laughs> moo moments, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, it should be a, it should be a good game. Obviously, they, the two teams played each other early in the season in the FA Cup, and it wasn't. It, it seemed relatively straightforward for Spurs in that one. Brighton scored a de- deflected goal from range. Um, was that when Lucas yeah. was in his lovely run? I think, I think so. It was. I think it was yeah. in the Lucas sweet spot, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm you not know, sure. Maybe I, you'll get yeah. a little run out. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that front three's worked quite well for Spurs, and I think um, the context quite set on Kulisevsky now, but Lucas obviously came on against United. So we'll see if there's any changes. It's It's been pretty unchanged starting 11-wise. Um, but yeah, a few changes might might be needed just to shake things up a little bit. Lovely stuff. All right, well, look, we'll we'll try and get back with everyone um, later this week, so we can talk through hopefully Spurs having beaten Brighton. Uh, now, I mean, ju- at the moment, it does feel like every single game changes the whole mood and the whole atmosphere, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels like we're winning against Brighton. Suddenly, you go into the weekend, you think, "Wow, if we can beat West Ham, where are we at then?" Because we'll go back above West Ham. We potentially could go above United, depending on what happens with games with them. It's just so difficult to know at the moment, but. Uh, I hope we gave you a little bit of therapy there, Spurs fans. Um, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, if you if you haven't already, it would be absolutely fantastic. You can find all the guys on social as well. Um, and hopefully all the boys will be back and able to break down a, a huge win for Spurs uh, coming up on, on Wednesday night. But we'll see you all next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.